0: Hi, my love. my loves welcome back to the podcast my name is dioncha nicolette if you're new here i'm the host of manifest daily i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you're dropping in for the first time i feel like it's gonna be a good one okay i say that every time but really y'all oh no i just love the guests i'm chatting with like we're having such good conversations and i feel like today's episode is just not gonna disappoint like it's gonna give what it needs to have gave you feel me and for all the og listeners hey girl hey hey boy hey what's popping what's good welcome back to another episode of manifest daily my loves today i'm excited for us to dive into this guest episode we're chatting with ashley of yoga magic podcast i'm gonna do like a little intro for her in a second i connected with ashley a couple weeks ago and ever since then i have been so excited for her to join me on an episode of manifest daily if y'all follow me on instagram you have seen that i was on her show a couple weeks ago and i say a couple weeks ago meaning i think it was last week but the way time is moving y'all i don't know what the hell's going on so (laughs) that's just that's just that But I'm so excited for this conversation because we dive into astrology, but we dive into like mixing astrology with self-care. So Ashley is an astrologer. She also is a self-care coach and essentially her approach to self-care is like looking at the natal chart and trying to determine what are the things that are really going to resonate with your soul based on the different placements in your natal chart. Now y'all are not new to this show unless you are new and if you are new, listen up but like y'all know it's not is about your sun sign so I'm a Taurus but it's not just limited to like okay I'm a Taurus that's it period like it's that simple it's so many other signs in your chart so many other things that can really affect your personality affect if you vibe with a certain person or not affect you know how you feel about your career what you're quote-unquote destined to do all of these different things and so Ashley really takes a holistic look at your birth chart your needle chart in order to determine and help you sort of figure out the best self-care practice for you and what's going to really Help you shine in this world. So it's a really interesting conversation because we're talking about that. And I shared my natal chart with Ashley beforehand, like before we record this episode. So she kind of like talks about some of the placements that I have, gives me some tips. Y'all know I was living for that. So it's such a beautiful episode, and I'm just so excited for y'all to hear like the actual conversation. But my loves, this is another episode with a short intro. We're just gonna dive right into the conversation with me and Ashley. Strap in, grab your water, grab your tequila, baby. I was sitting by the pool yesterday with my tequila ginger bear uh jalapeno lime it mixture if you know you know aka follow me on tiktok because i will be posting some recipes on there it's not even recipes it was that one recipe i don't know why it's said recipes pillar girl i posted one video about a cocktail and now i think i'm a mixologist but anyways grab your water your tequila casamigos baby and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode My loves, I am so excited to be chatting with Ashley of Yoga Magic Podcast today. We have a beautiful conversation ahead, as they all are, honestly. Um, So Ashley, thank you so much for being here, joining me for today's episode. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, of course. Okay, so the first question I love to ask all the guests is, of course, the, the tell me a bit about who you are and what you do question. Oh, my gosh. Who doesn't love to talk about themselves, right? (laughs) Yes. No, literally.
1: (laughs) I'm Ashley. I am a longtime yoga teacher. I am a self-care coach. I'm an astrologer, and I'm the host of the podcast Yoga Magic. Um, And I love to help people navigate self-care practices using the astrological birth chart on um, what I call cosmic self-care. And then outside of the work that I do, I am a mama to two little girls, soon to be three, like within the next couple of weeks, three little girls. Amazing. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. And I just I love doing things like this, talking to to people that you know want to geek out on spirituality and personal growth, um astrology, all the things. So, thanks for the opportunity.
0: Yes, of course, of course. And I just want to do like a shameless plug to the fact that I did an appearance on your podcast episode. So Of course, I'm going to link that in the show notes for anyone. You guys should all go listen to it. So I'm going to link the specific episode, but then also just listen to yoga magic in general. Okay. Like it's good stuff. So
1: just putting that out there. It was a good episode with you. It's airing like today and it, oh man, I was listening through everything and I have put so many of your suggestions into practice and I've seen, I mean, some significant shift. So thank
0: amazing. you. <laughs> yes. I am so excited to actually like tune into that and like listen back to it. Cause I know, I mean, I was obviously present for the conversation, but it's just different when you listen back to it and you're like, Oh wow. Like I said that, or you said that, or we had that conversation. Like It's just good. It's good. So we're definitely going to dive into some of the astrology, of course, and then also the self-care bit. But I'm really curious, like, how did you find your way to this work? Because this is very, very specific and niche, which I love. And I've never heard anyone talk about, like, using astrology to navigate self-care practices before.
1: Yeah. You know, it was sort of an accident. I had been teaching yoga for 10 years um, when... COVID struck, as many of us sort of pivoted around COVID time. So i had been teaching in person for 10 years and when all of a sudden we were at home and everyone was sort of teaching online yoga and doing all these these things kind of creatively, I partnered up with a friend of mine, an astrologer friend of mine, to host classes themed around astrology. And I realized, I was like, wow, there is so much to know here as it relates to well-being, wellness practices, self-care, manifestation, all of the things. And I started to formally study astrology and apply it to everything that I was doing. I had just started Yoga Magic and we were talking about self-care and self-discovery. And I really used my birth chart, started studying my birth chart to whittle down all of the things that I was hearing I was supposed to be doing. Like, do you remember at the beginning of the pandemic where everyone at home was like doing all the workouts and like all the cool things? And baking all the bread.
0: gosh. (laughs) All
1: the banana bread. All of the sourdough. I was like, it felt like yeah. a lot. And it, I love the sentiment that we were, you know, trying new things, but ultimately I felt really overwhelmed. And so the birth chart really gave me this opportunity to get really specific on what works for me. Like I love a wellness influencer. Give me a morning routine, please love that. But it does that mean that that's best for me? No, it really doesn't. And so by setting the birth chart and then eventually working with friends and family and now clients all over to get really specific on what it is that, you know, makes you, you, What does your birth chart tell you about what you can do to fuel yourself, what you can do to understand who you are, how you can motivate yourself and yeah, it's just kind of taken off and I, I can't get enough of it now. I'm, I've been studying for yeah, well over two years and applying it to all of my coaching and it has been the best.
0: That's amazing. And I love that you talk about how your birth chart really is like a mirror to your soul. And we're going to like dive into that a little bit more, but it's so interesting. Cause whenever I feel like I talk about astrology with someone who's not as familiar, like they just know sun sign, right? It's like, are you a Taurus? Are you Gemini? Like, are you this? And, and you know, some people like they hear about that and they don't take it seriously. Cause they're like, okay, well, these are just generalizations. Like everyone loves being at home. Like everyone's a little bit stubborn. Like we can't generalize. And it's like, There's so much more to your birth chart than just your sun sign. Like, was that something that when you started to discover how deep you could get with your natal chart, was that something that kind of like shocked you? Oh, definitely. And, you know, it's, we
1: can easily stereotype a lot of signs, right? Like we can say, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to date a Gemini or, you know, this person isn't for me or for what, or I'm, you know, may even make excuses for ourselves based on one little piece of the chart. not little, the sun is a big part, but still it's one piece. And so when the first time that I had a reading the birth chart, I felt so seen. I was like, "Oh." I'm like, that makes so much sense. And what's so cool about understanding the birth chart is yes, the sun sign is is critically important. It tells your essence, your identity. It's who you are in the light, but there's so much more. And every little marker in the chart, every placement has a shadow and it has a light. It allows us to choose. You know, we have that free will. How do we show up? Do we show up? Is that fully developed Cancer Sun? That's what I am. Are you like Taurus all the way, like yeah. <laughs> Taurus Sun? Like, do you show up in that positive expression of gratitude and presence and groundedness and luxury, or do we show up in sort of the shadow side, which can be so many different things? Um, and so knowing that and seeing the full spectrum of who you are and how you can work on yourself—it's just so liberating. It's really validating and it also gives us a lot of empathy for other people to see like oh okay yeah this is who they are
0: not an excuse but like I get it <laughs> yeah no that's super helpful and I feel like it when I first discovered there was way more to it than just the sun sign, like it helped me to really understand that we are truly complex beings. Like it's like, we want to lump ourselves into these boxes, but there's so much more to it than just like you said, the sun sign, even though again, you mentioned that is a huge part of it. So, I'm curious like about the big three, because that's one that when you first started to dive into astrology, I feel like that's like the next thing you get into. It's like, okay, there's sun sign and then there's the big three. So what is the, or what are the big three rather? And then what do these signs represent on like a soul level?
1: Yeah. So for people that are starting out in astrology, the big three is the best place to start to understand who you are and when we're looking at a birth chart we're looking at a snapshot of the sky the minute that you were born astrology is really the study of those celestial bodies and how they impact they interact with the world that we live on and what you know the the minute that you took your first breath what was happening in the sky what was how was it impacting you as you entered this world. So that's what, you know, astrology is. And when you're looking at that birth chart, it gives you again, this mirror of who you are pre-conditioning of life, pre-kids, pre-partners, pre-jobs, like who is Deandra and like, what, you know, what are, what is she working with? How can she continue to develop? So the big three are really, really important pieces of the birth chart. The first is the sun. And we talked about that being like what you look up normally in a horoscope. Um, It's very, very important. I don't want to minimize the sun. I think those of us that get really into astrology are sometimes like, oh, the sun doesn't, you know, it's not that important, but it, it really is. And what it tells us is how we can energize, how we, who we are again, in the light. Like when we're stepping into our zone of genius. When we are fully expressed, our son is who we are. And there's always a flavor of our son in the things that we do. Um, So understanding your son is, is step one the moon is the next piece. And the moon is, you know, if the sun is who you are in the light, the moon is who you are in the dark. This is your subconscious. This is your dream state. This is your inner child. This is where you feel safe, safe enough to go deeper and figure out, you know, what you're what your, you know, parts of yourselves that you're potentially denying, or, you know, we, we talk shadow work a lot in manifestation. Like this is where shadow work kind of lives is in the moon space. So understanding your moon is step two. And then the third is your rising sign or your ascendant. The rising sign is so interesting because it's the most individual part of the chart. It changes every few minutes. So you that's why you need to have a really accurate birth date, time, and location is so we can get that rising sign spot on. And that sets the houses into motions. And I can talk about the houses in a sec, but the the ascendant really is how you interact with this world. It's how people perceive you. It's, you know, people will say it's the mask that you wear, but it's really like, how are you interacting with the world around you? Is you know, are you your rising sign? Not necessarily, but understanding the energy that people pick up on that you're putting out into the world, how you're connected to the world can be so helpful and beneficial. Um, so understanding your ascendant, your rising sign is step three. So, those are the big three. If you have apps like CoStar, or I love Chani Nicholas's app, it's called Chani C H A N I. It's gonna pull up all of that information for you really easily um, and some other ones as well you can always look this stuff up for free just to see your your big three and just get started there learn about who you are in these three major aspects
0: yeah I really loved learning about my big three when I like first kind of dove into astrology especially the wh- what is it called the um, like when it's like air moon the elements. Oh, sure. Yeah, the the elements of each. Yeah, Mm because I was just like, oh, I'm like my Taurus is Earth, but then I'm Cancer Moon and that's water and Aquarius rising. So that's air. And I was like, oh, look at me with all the different (laughs) (laughs) different elements (laughs) up in the pot, which I love. But another thing I'm curious about, because I feel like whenever I do dive into astrology content, like I follow a couple of different astrologers on Twitter and YouTube, they really do place a lot of emphasis on the rising sign. I think there's, you know, there's, yes, sun, moon, but like they talk a lot about the rising sun. And specifically whenever I'm watching like a horoscope video, they say, look at your rising first or listen to the reading for your rising first. Is that something you subscribe to? And if so, like, why is that? Is it because it's sort of like, again, that way that we're relating to other people in the world?
1: It's such a good question. And it is a little bit more advanced astrology. And so I want to talk about the houses, because that's something that if you're like if you're listening to the show, you're probably open to astrology and you're like, let's let's dive this a little bit more. Yes, let's (laughs)
0: crack it open.
1: (laughs) So what the rising sign is, is it's in your first house of identity. So that sets all of your other 12 houses into motion. And by looking up your rising sign in a, in a horoscope in sort of like a generalized horoscope, you're able to get a little bit more personalized with that horoscope because it's going to tell you where in your life you're being impacted by what's happening in the sky at any given time. So let me say that in a different way, right? You know, at any time there's something happening in the sky. Like we're, we're approaching a Sagittarius full moon. It's going to be really lovely. Right. And, but everybody is affected by that full moon in a different way. And a way that you can un- you can see how does this affect me is by understanding which house Sagittarius is in your chart. So if the planets, they're the players on the stage, like your sun is that bright and shiny essence of who you are, the sign that it's in is the costume that it wears. So your bright and shiny sun wears this grounded, pragmatic, luxurious Taurus costume. Costume. The house that it's in is the area of your life. Where this is played out the most. This is the stage that it's played out. Um, let me just peek because I've got your chart up. Your Taurus is in the fourth house of foundation of home, home life. Okay. Mm, so really okay. like you shine in that sort of luxurious state. I know we talked on my show about how you were finding your your apartment and like you love living alone and you love this do. like, <laughs> yep. This is it yes. right here. Like you are shining in this safe, beautiful home space that you've created, that you've made really luxurious. So that's where the houses come in. And when someone says to look up your rising sign, that will allow your houses and again, what part of your life is being impacted to be addressed the most, more than just your sun sign. Because your sun, again, is this like, It's a whole month of people versus like every few minutes um, where the rising sign changes degrees.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make a lot of sense because I've always gotten a bit confused with like the houses and especially how whatever house a certain sign is in for you, like how that impacts Whatever is happening in the sky, whether it be like the full moon or the new moon or a specific retrograde, which we're going to get into because we're in the middle of a, a huge retrograde right now. Um, but yeah, like the houses, I think that is definitely, again, a more advanced part of astrology, but definitely it seems like a very key part of the entire understanding of astrology.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it does take like, uh, even for me, those first few times, like it took a while for it to actually click. Um, And again, you can definitely still look up your sun sign. It just helps to look up them both and kind of see them together. Um, And if you're someone who just is like wanting to really geek out on this, just study your own chart where, you know, what sign falls into what house and like, how does that show up for you? Because it's going to be super personalized.
0: Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. I want to switch gears a little bit before we kind of mash them all together. And I want to talk about the self-care part because again, this is like the other half of what you do and how you sort of blend these two together. So before we dive into self-care by astrology or self-care and astrology, um, what is self-care? Like, how do you define that? And like, why does it matter? Because I know we we have our own understanding of like why it matters for us, but like I want to get your understanding of what this is and why it matters.
1: Yeah. You're so right. Like, why does this matter? Because we hear so many people talk about self-care. And the word self-care, I think, has sort of been watered down a little bit. It's a little buzzy, but ultimately it's so, so important for us to to nurture ourselves. And so what I see self-care is, is any action that you're taking that ultimately brings you to a better version of yourself. And I've heard, I've heard a number of different guests explain it on my show that way. And I'm always like, yeah, we're aligned. This That's totally it. Does it mean that it's like constant bubble baths and, you know, like pedicures and wine? No, because sometimes self-care is really tough. Sometimes it's not fun. It can be challenging. Like setting boundaries is a good example of something that, you know, we really sets us up for success, but is it easy and fun? No, it's not. And so again, Uh, aligning what actions you take day to day practices that you take that bring you to that version of yourself that you ultimately want to be to that life that you want to have that's self-care. And why is that important? Because so many of us, especially as women are told that we should not be doing that, that we should be not, you know, we shouldn't be working on ourselves or, you know, what we really should be doing is taking care of other people. And I feel this, pressure a lot as a mother, you know, all the time. Oh, oh, you're going to go and like spend the day getting some sort of, I don't know. I love to do retreats and like manifestation and meditation, things like that. I'm going to spend a day or a weekend away from my kids on a meditation retreat. You're going to do that. Wow. Like the judgment that we get as women doing these things is really astounding. And I think, I think it's pretty radical of us to, prioritize our own needs um and it continues to evolve and change i think we're cha- i think we're changing the narrative i do think our generation is is making this easier for future generations
0: yeah i completely agree as well i think i love that definition by the way of self care because like you said it, it encompasses some of the things that are a little harder because i agree, like whenever you see self care at least on social I tend to see a lot of the very positive and luxurious and sort of indulgent aspects of self-care, which are beautiful, but those moments of like setting boundaries of like allowing yourself to cry it out and like really nurturing yourself in that very vulnerable moment, like, those moments are just as, if not more important, I would say than some of the like, you know, the bubble baths and the massages. Lord knows I love a good massage, but oh yeah, <laughs> setting batteries <laughs> though, like that, that will, that will get you to change some things in your life. And then also the, the, what you said about us being women too, and just sort of like Like having that label and that identity in this world and sort of being told that like you are here to nurture you are here to provide for someone else to care for to be a caretaker and it's like well if you're doing all of that right expending your energy giving to others like what is left for you and it's so important to remember to come back to yourself and remember that like you know as the cliche saying goes like you can't pour from an empty cup like you can't give and give and give and then leave nothing for yourself like that's that's not the vibe not it's it. not it, i had this
1: amazing guest maybe you've had her on your show as well i can't remember her name is victoria albina and she talked about this idea of you know this people-pleasing mentality that we have as women right and that so much of this it's just wrapped in our culture we're not it's not You know, women listening out there, people that identify as women, it's not your fault. You are not doing anything wrong that you're being pressured in this way. But ultimately, we get to change this conversation and take back that agency and prioritize ourselves, even when we have other people to care for, right? Even when we have ailing parents or little children or whatever it is. That's the only way that we're gonna make this work. And you know, that I guess not to get out of a soapbox or anything, but I just think it's oh, get so on important. There.
0: <laughs> it's so important. And it is kind of it's kind of revolutionary. It really is. It is. It truly is. And that's the other thing too. Like when you're changing the narrative, as you said, it's like there are gonna be those moments of discomfort, like when you do something, when you decide that you're gonna care for yourself and someone's looking at you side eye and they're like, oh, like. You're going to leave your kids at home for the weekend for that? Like, that's what you're choosing to do? It's like, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to lead to those uncomfortable conversations. But like, that is how change is created, right? It's not created in the places where we feel good and comfortable and safe. It's like, it's stepping outside of those comfort zones and those like rules and really pushing the boundaries to like change the rules and change exactly how we all perceive this. So, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. So let's tie it back in with the astrology, right? We talked about self-care talked about how the chart has like a ton of different things and there's so much info and nuggets of wisdom. So what are some of the major things that we should look for in our birth chart when it comes to crafting like a custom self-care routine?
1: Yes. Okay. So you got your birth part tri- pulled up, everyone. You can you can get it for free online, and the first place to start. We've talked about this before. Is the sun because the sun will tell you where you draw energy. Like, what is your energy source? What fuels you? What really brings you into that light space? So I'm going to use you as an exa- example. <laughs> Deandra oh, is yes. Your sun. Please
0: uh, let's let's go. Let's get into yes. your, chart.
1: Um, your sun in Taurus is really energized through. Through nice, tangible, earthly pleasures, okay, and that can be so many things. I think some people like to think like, oh, Taurus just wants to spend a lot of money. I mean, that's fine too. Yes, I mean yes. yes <laughs> but it's also, you know, getting out in nature and seeing the beauty that is our earth. This is a Venus ruled sign. So being energized through connecting to the ground, connecting to the earth is, is step one, having things that do feel luxurious, like good food. I'll use the example of like it would be smart of a Taurus to invest just a little bit more and say something that's organic, that like really fills them up, nourishes them in a deep way than the conventional side, right? Like go, go just a little bit bigger, invest in these things, food, comforts, you know, have that comfy robe that you look forward to every single morning when you wake up and it gets you out of bed to do your morning routine, right? And so energized around this idea of, of earthly pleasure and what, you know, we're looking at all the different, different signs in here. I'll, I'll generalize for those that are listening. If you have, you know, your sun and earth sign, there's going to be a deep energizing around nature being connected to the body, to the physical body. Um, If you are a water sun, you're going to really rejuvenate on those like slower, more sensitive practices, something like restorative yoga, yin yoga, going for a walk where you're receiving a lot more energy than you are, say, outputting. Um, And then fire, if you're a fire sun, your energy is going to be from moving that body from ultimately like putting the fire into action. And so maybe that is more of a higher intensity workout or, giving yourself the opportunity to like get out of your comfort zone and express yourself and create. Um, So use that energy in a positive way. So you don't have too much. And then air, if you're an air son, it's a lot about ideas and coming up with new ideas, writing, creating Having the ability to hear new things, read new books, takes classes like that's wildly energizing. All in this this sun space. So, to generalize, that's your sun. Um, the moon is the second place to look at, and the moon tells you what you know, how you can navigate your self study. What if you're someone who's like I, my workouts? I love my workouts in the sun. I love to get that opportunity to move my body, but I have to like do that inner work. The moon is where you're going to look. So your moon's in cancer, which is kind of amazing. That's a superpower there because the moon oh my cancer is, <laughs> or the moon is the ruler of cancer. So extra potency there. And the moon in cancer feels really safe, nurturing, nurturing other people. Yes, but also nurturing oneself. And that's through being really sensitive to what's happening around you um, and being protecting yourself against that because we're anyone that has a good amount of water or like a cancer moon is going to feel other people's energies. So things like, you know, just doing a little visualization in the morning to allow your energy to be your own. And I don't want to say like push out other things because we want to be interacting with the world, but just, you know, your own space is your own space. Your energy space is your own. Um, with the moon in a water sign like cancer, it's being able to like fully process emotions, let them come out because they're going to be pretty dense. (laughs) Emotions here are really going to flow. And so something like um, stream of consciousness writing where you're just writing and you're just letting it flow in the morning and not judging and not holding back can be a great self-study practice for someone with water in their moon um I'll speak to the other elements as well so if you have an earth moon something you know it's accessing those emotions and that safety sometimes takes just a little bit extra digging because earth is just more grounded more pragmatic in that moon space so doing things like um you know meditation where you're accessing your subconscious more regularly even hypnosis might take a little bit more time but you will gather a lot of insight from doing that digging spending some time in self-study. If you have a fire moon, um, your emotions are going to come through pretty fast and furious. And often when I work with fire moons and they're like, they kind of feel bad about that. They're like, oh, well, I'm just like, I'm just overly emotional. It's like, no, yours, this is just an intuitive hit. When you have emotions come through, trust that. And also be able to process that stress if it's a stressor in a way that's productive, right? That you can actually grow through that. There's an amazing book called Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski that kind of addresses this, this issue. It's like we can't change the stressors in our life, but we can process the stress in our body. And so someone with a fire moon really benefits from specific practices like Um, like movement, even here too, like processing some emotions through movement or creation or journaling. And then finally air, air is really seeking to understand their emotions, their understand what's happening in this safe place. And so taking some time to think and learn and even have conversation with others, like a a trusted friend or therapist, like air moons can really benefit from talking it out and processing in this intellectual way. So that's the sun and the moon. And then the only other piece, I mean, there's lots that I like to look at, but the moon or the Mars is the other piece that I think is really fun for people to look at. um, because Mars tells you what motivates you. It tells you what are, you know, what actually gets you to do the things. How do you, take the action how do you get on that manifestation practice how do you get to you know actually do the workouts and so your moon is in Aries which is awesome because moon the or I keep saying moon Mars is in Aries and right now Mars is in Aries and that's it feels Another at-home setup. You have a pretty sweet chart, Deandra. It's very like... Oh, it's- oh my God, shut up. <laughs> <out. laughs> it's, like, it's just very natural. Let's just say that. So Mars oh, there in Aries is like super motivated to take action. That, that makes sense for, for Aries here. And that's like willing to take the first step is the first step always super concise and perfect. No, the person that goes first often makes mistakes and that's okay because someone has to do it and having your Mars there, you just have this like natural motivation to go and do the things and be a leader. Um, and so, yeah, if anyone is curious about like the style of their Mars, look that up because it can be so interesting to see like what actually gets to me to do the things, but also what are my triggers? What is it that kind of makes me needing an additional self-care practice because I'm really, really fired up. So those are the three that I look to.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Well, thank you, first of all, for that beautiful, beautiful breakdown of those three signs or three areas that we should look at. And I, I love that. I feel very good that it seems that I'm quite aligned <laughs> with oh, yes. a self-care oh, yes. practice that makes sense for me. Um, and just even when you were saying the things about the Taurus and like being in my fourth house and home, like this resonates so much. I was actually just telling a friend yesterday, I was like, you know what, like mo- it, being in Dallas, I can easily say that like my rent is not necessarily cheap. Like when people think about moving to the South, it's not like I have a cheap place to live in, but I purposely chose to be here because it just feels like home, like where I'm living. I've chosen to spend a little bit more, to feel safe, to feel certain things where I live. And I feel like that has just always been aligned with me. I'm like, if I work from home and I like live at home, like I want to... I want to feel good in my space. Like I want to feel safe. I want to feel at peace. I want to feel quiet. Like I just, all these different things. So I, I love that that's like also super aligned with my chart. Um, one of the things that I'm curious about though, is a little bit more of like the Mars sign and manifestation. Cause We, you mentioned Mars and Mars kind of being that sign that signals like how you are motivated and how you take action, right? So how does our Mars sign or maybe any other sign in our chart affect the way that we create the manifestation routine that's aligned with us for one, and then also the way that we sort of naturally manifest? Mm. Yeah. I'll answer the second
1: question first, because I think this connection of like self-care and understanding your, the thing, the challenges and the strengths that you're working with is like the basis of manifestation, right? It's understanding that you have value and that you have, it is absolutely okay for you to invest in yourself, to uphold your value, to take time for yourself so that you can, you know what it feels like to be in your power, to be like, in your highest self and ultimately magnetize more of those things your way. So self-care is, is step one, I think in manifestation, it's, it's understanding what it feels like to have the things that you want to be in pleasure. So as far as Mars, there's a few places to look. I'm going to, I'm going to list a few in understanding kind of like knowing this is all a big puzzle, um, in terms of manifestation, Mars is super helpful to see how can I actually take that action, right? Like I've got my list, I know what I want to call in. I know what my shadows are, I know what I'm working with, my strengths and my challenges, but like now how do what's the style of the action that I'm taking? That's where Mars is going to be super helpful. And then another placement that's super helpful for people in terms of manifestation is Venus because Venus tells us what we value. It tells us like what is pleasure for us? What, what does beauty and love, like, how does that show up for? How does that show up in our life? Um, I think sometimes when I get, I feel misaligned. Um, I'll use an example of like, maybe even like six months ago, I had this manifestation that I wanted to build out a team for my show and, and my work. And I really wanted to have like people, you know, some people doing this and some people doing that and just like this big thing. And ultimately I had to check myself and look at my Venus and remind myself that ultimately, no, that's not that's not where I'm at right now. I don't value I don't value a ton of Um, growth at the moment, mostly because I can't do it. I've got three nuggets, three little kids to deal with. And another time in my life that will be very important. So like checking yourself, your alignment and your value system can be so helpful when you look at venus the final piece i'm giving everyone a lot lots of information but it's it's fun to study your charts we love all okay the info, yeah <laughs> the final piece is to look at your north node in your birth chart your north node mm. is it's an imaginary point on the moon and so it Really tells you if you believe in past lives and you believe in this, the purpose that for this life, it tells you what is your purpose? Like, what are you working towards in this life? Um, let's look at yours, Deandre. Mm-hmm.
0: Take action today for a healthier lifestyle with Everly Well. Their at-home lab tests and vitamins and supplements can help you get the knowledge and support you need so you can become a healthier version of you. Everly Well is digital healthcare designed for you at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you and get the answers you need, like the woman's health test or the food sensitivity test. Everly Well also has high-quality vitamins and supplements to support your overall health. Choose from a variety of options, including vitamin D3 and omega-3 fish oil. Here's how it works. Everly Well ships products straight to you with everything you'll need in one package. To take your at-home lab test, simply collect your sample and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician-reviewed results will get sent to your phone or device in just days. And you can share the results with your primary care physician to help you guide the next steps in your treatment plan. If you order vitamins and supplements, you can start adding them to your daily routine right away it's so simple over 1 million people have trusted everly well to support their health and wellness goals and you should too for listeners of manifest daily everly well is offering a special discount of 20 percent off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com manifest daily that's everlywell.com manifest daily for 20 percent off your next at-home lab test everlywell.com manifest daily thank you again to everlywell for sponsoring today's podcast episode I know, I think we talked about this last time and I was like, I couldn't remember if it was in Taurus or Scorpio. It's in
1: Scorpio and it's so cool to see because it's also, it's in your 10th house of career. So your North Node, like part of your purpose is to transform, is I think to communicate and help other people transform. And it it happens, it's gonna show up the most in your work. Um, Scorpio is one of those signs that really, is misunderstood. It's very powerful. It's a it's an amazing manifester because it's willing to go into the harder p- parts, you know, into the shadow and transmute that. And so your this is part of your purpose is is really to transform. Um, so again, if you know what your north node is, you you can have that in the back of your mind. It shouldn't dictate all of your manifestations because your North note is this insatiable hunger that you're always going to be seeking after over in the entire course of your life. Um, we got a lot of life left to live. So this is, you know, again, we might not even be feeling this yet. Um, but it can be, it's a good, another good checkpoint to see, am I manifesting the things that are really what I want? Is this my truth? Do I really want this thing?
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is interesting. And okay. This is like a very tangential question now, because when you were talking about the North Node in Scorpio or my North Node rather in Scorpio, it made me think I had a reading one time and I was told I also have my Midheaven in Scorpio. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is the Midheaven? And if anyone's seen that in their chart, like what does that represent and how does that, does that even play like a part in terms of this conversation when it comes to self-care and manifestation? Or is that like kind of a different thing Altogether, well, it's
1: something that you can definitely work with as well. We touched on that your Scorpio is in your tenth house of career. Midheaven is another signification of career of your work, your life's work, and so having that there. And you know what? It's really cool too. It's right by your Jupiter. Jupiter is in Scorpio too, so your luck and abundance is here too. Ooh. You've got all the good things. To have you Ooh. have a good setup in Scorpio, and so again, it's just another confirmation. I will say, you know, if you are looking at your chart right now, and this is not exactly lining up. There are different house systems. So like CoStar uses Placidus, I believe. There's different ways to look at the chart. Is it wrong one way or the other? No, but it there you'll align with one type of house system versus another. They're just like a subtly a little bit different, but it might be confusing if you're looking at a whole sign house is which I use. That's like what Spirit Daughter uses. That's what Channing Nicholas uses versus like another house system like Placidus or something like that.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that is super helpful. I literally... I'm going to be diving into my chart today. Um, Okay, I'm going to
1: send it to you. I got it. I'm just looking at it. I'll send you the PDF right now. (laughs) Yes,
0: please, please. Because I'm super excited to like dive into some of this stuff. And I've always known I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart as well. I always make a joke that I attract a lot of Scorpios, both in like romantic partners and then also friendships. I tend to find my way to the Scorpio folks and definitely tend to like resonate a lot with them too. So I love that. But i'm super curious like what do your self-care and manifestation routines look like and then also if you could share like maybe your big three and then also your mars as well so for and your venus too for anyone listening to see like if they have kind of same placements like what are some things that you do okay yeah i'll
1: i'll share my my lineup first so i'm a cancer son so i am a mama bear to the max i'm energized by nurturing others and ultimately nurturing myself it's kind of amazing that's what the work that i do (laughs) the moon, my moon's in Capricorn, which is the complete opposite. So if you have an opposite Sun and moon, you likely were born on a full moon, um, which a lot of people don't know. If you have the same sign in your sun and your moon, you're likely born on a new moon um, or really close to it. Mm-hmm. So my Capricorn moon is very much, um, it allows me to enjoy work. I feel safe in success. I feel safe in work, but it's also kind of hard on me at times because it's always like on to the next thing. Like you can do better. Here we go. Keep going. Um, my rising sign is Aries. So I'm very, um inner- I'm very closely connected to Mars and that action, you know, ability to take action, be the first. My Venus is in Leo. <laughs> this is funny, Deandra. Like, I feel like anyone out there that has Venus in Leo, it's like sort of. It's pretty extra. Leo is an extra sign in a good way. I love Leo energy. Love Leos.
0: Love (laughs) Leos. One of my best friends is Leo. Yeah. Love the energy. Love the vibes. In (laughs)
1: Venus, it shows up like a rom com. Like, I need big, ridiculous love. Like, I love to read super trashy romance novels. I like to watch rom. Like, I'm a, again, like, I'm a Midwest mom of three. And the things that I read, people would like have their jaw to the ground because it's like it nourishes my Venus and Leo. It like makes me feel spicy. And allows that to um, expand. And just things that I value is this like big, really beautiful love. Um, what was the other one? Oh, Mars. My Mars is in Capricorn as well, which is an exalted um, situation, just like kind of like yours, Mars and Aries is really awesome. So I, yeah, I'm a pretty, I'm pretty much a go getter, which also means that I get sometimes just get kind of hard on myself. So practices that I do, knowing that that's my makeup, is I. I really take time to nurture myself through um, meditation in the morning, alone time where I'm not taking care of other people. I just, it's just me. All I have to worry about is myself. And so I do, I love Joe Dispenza's morning meditation. I love um, even just being, I like to get outside in the morning. First thing in the morning, get sunlight into my eyes, set my circadian rhythm into motion. And then some of my moon practices is that I really love some of that Capricorn moon. It takes a little extra work to get and understand what my emotions are telling me. So I really love hypnosis. I don't know if you've done um, many past life regressions, um, but my friend Gina is a close friend and she is so helpful at at helping me essentially access my own um you know, my own memories or past lives or whatever they are in order to process emotions do I do those all the time no that's sort of like a a deep journey but other than that it's it just helps me to kind of unearth that heavy that heavy mountain that is my my moon sign and I just I love to experiment I love to experiment for the sake of, of being able to teach others lots of different practices it changes all the time when this, this babe, number three gets here in two weeks, will I be able to do my morning routine? Probably not. And that's okay, but I'll find something else and it'll be simple and it'll fill me up because it's so, so important.
0: Yeah. I love that you mentioned actually allowing your routine to shift and change as you go. Cause I think that's something where like, I mean, obviously the word routine suggests that it's not really changing, but I think it is important to like adjust your, your morning routine, your manifestation routine, your self care routine. Whenever you find, you want to try something new or you want to find something new that resonates with you or something no longer resonates, just like allowing yourself the ability to pivot and shift and change as things go. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. No shoulding. That. We don't have to shut on ourselves, especially as it relates to self-care. Exactly. Because then you're going to like make it a whole stressful thing. And it's like literally not supposed to be that. Right, <laughs> right. So, yeah. Okay. Can we talk about the Saturn? What is it? Is it a Saturn return or actually, no, I want to talk about a Saturn return and then we got to talk about Saturn retrograde That's also happening, right? Mm -hmm, Is that retrograding? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is a Saturn return? And like, when does that happen? And what is the significance of that in like a individual's chart? First of all, start with that one.
1: Yes. Saturn return is one of those things, kind of like Mercury retrograde, where it's like really buzzy and everybody wants to be afraid of it. And it's like, Ooh, Saturn, you're having your Saturn return. And yes, it is. It's not the most pleasant time in your life, but ultimately it, it's bringing you closer to who you are going to be, who you want to be. So there is, it takes 29 years for Saturn to return to the spot in your chart that it was when you were born. So you have, if you live in a pretty rich long life, you have usually three Saturn returns in your life, which people don't always realize. Um, so likely depending on, you know, when you're born, you're going to experience this between like 28 and 30. Um, and what's happening and why Saturn is, significant is that Saturn is ultimately a planet of of restriction, boundaries, of life lessons, of constraints. And so when we have that first Saturn return around 30, we're coming to terms with the life lessons that we've gathered thus far, right? With what you've experienced as a youth, as someone who is still a child, and you shift into that next stage of life, that next 30 years where you are ultimately an adult. And so for many of us, the Saturn return can feel kind of painful, like coming to terms with our truths, coming to terms that we are no longer children and that we have real constraints and we have real boundaries that we have to uphold. As adults, right? Like, literally, like, adulting is something that, like, it's kind of tough. It shows up differently for everyone. Some people that are, you know, really aligned at a young age, maybe they've grown up really fast for whatever reason. It might not be that messy, right? It might not be this, like, huge moment. Um, For others, it can be something that just feels like a lot. It can feel pretty painful. I I can speak to my Saturn return in that it was really. When I I started practicing yoga at this time, I found, thank goodness, it was like such a godsend. And what I found was that I, I got really clear on the things that I wanted versus the things that I thought I should be doing, right? It's like, oh, you should be going to grad school right now. You should be... Pursuing this, this like lucrative career. And as I was literally in these yoga classes, like thinking to myself, I don't want to do that. That's not, that's not my path. And I had to pivot. And it, did it let some people down? Yeah, it did. And it was kind of painful, but ultimately it re, it course corrected me into where I, where I am now, really like that, what I actually value. So, the second Saturn return, you know, later in life around 60 is not as painful. It's not I mean you're definitely like you're more so applying your your adult lessons into this age of maturity. Um so that first one is kind of the one that people are often like, who you know, just just be aware. And all you can do, my only advice for this is just like be really invested in in who you are it's okay if you're not sure about that, who that is yet. Um, but the more that you're connected to yourself and you, you own that, I think the easier that it will be as far as the Saturn retrograde goes, we are, yes, we are in a Saturn retrograde. Um, it's not, you know, like Mercury retrograde is, happens pretty frequently, happens like three times a year. We don't like think uh, Mercury retrograde isn't super, it's like annoying, but it's not huge. not a huge deal. When Venus and, or Mars go retrograde, that's a bigger deal. Saturn does go retrograde a good amount as well. And anytime any planet goes retrograde, it gives us a lot, la- allows us an opportunity to essentially like reevaluate, um, reevaluate, reprocess, see something again. And when Saturn retrogrades, again, Saturn is about restriction and boundaries and rules, it gives us that opportunity to look at those areas of our life. I think this is one of the best areas to see, like, where let's revisit our blocks. Like, what is it that's literally holding us back? from moving forward for manifestation, how can we just see that? Don't necessarily take action yet, but just see what is holding us back. Um, And then when it does go direct, once again, you're able to see that more clear and take a a more linear path forward. So they can be, you know, any retrogrades can be kind of frustrating, but they ultimately allow us more clarity on the flip side.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. The description of Saturn return. Also you letting us know that we have multiple. Cause I think that's one thing I, I, I recently like found out, but people don't really talk about it a lot. It's like, you hear about the one that's around your 20, 28, 29, 30 age. But like, then I guess people just don't talk about the fact that you, again, if you live a long, healthy life, you will have additional Saturn returns. So right now we are in a period where like for those who are or those who have Saturn and Aquarius I believe are going through their Saturn return and next up is Saturn and Pisces what's like the significance of the sign so I know my Saturn is in Pisces and those of us who have their Saturn and Pisces are going to be hitting their return next spring I believe like what's the significance of Saturn in Aquarius versus Saturn in Pisces and how does the return for Saturn in Aquarius differ from the one where your Saturn is in Pisces?
1: I think something to just make note of is that Saturn isn't a super personal chart or um, placement in the chart. It's because it, it, it takes a while to, um, make its way into another sign, you know, so Saturn is an Aquarius from December seventeenth of twenty twenty to March seventh, twenty twenty three. So that's a pretty big swath. So is it super individualized to who you are? Not necessarily. We look at those personal planets, as such as the Sun, the Moon, Mars, Venus, even Jupiter a little bit to understand who we are. Saturn isn't one of those where you're like, "Oh, this is exactly who I am." However. What it can tell us and what's really helpful is to kind of see, like think of yourself in this like generational group, right? Um, If you are someone who has, but you said you're Saturn's in Pisces, um, that's where like, where dreams and realities are super fluid. There's a good, you guys that were born in this period of time, it's really like, you're pretty good at making dreams come forth and understanding that there are like real life boundaries, um, but also understanding the magic because Pisces is wildly magical. Um, so as these, as this Saturn return is coming around, you know, it's a matter of understanding like, what is it that you actually want? what are your dreams? Like, how do you make those happen? Doing some exploration, all you Saturn and Pisces of like your understanding of things that you can't see of spirituality, all the stuff that you talk about, Deandra is like, that can be, would be really fun for someone who has a Saturn in, in Pisces to prep for their Saturn, Saturn return coming up. But I wouldn't spend, a, if I were, you know, if it were me, I wouldn't spend a whole lot of time on necessarily like, on the sign, I would more on just really get aligned with with who I want to be in the next stage post Saturn return. Like where am I headed?
0: Okay. So almost like thinking about, like you said, the person that you want to be, maybe some of the values that you want to have, but then also sort of like what you're calling in, in terms of what you want to manifest and like aligning yourself with that is kind of what the Saturn return period is for. Yeah. It, just think of it as like You're 2.0. You're the next version of
1: yourself, right? And you've stepped into this age where new realities come into play. There's just so much that you know you can you can do so much study and self-exploration, but ultimately the path forward, it's going to play out as it's going to play out. So in the meantime, all you can do is just be really aligned with where you want to go.
0: Mm, I love this. Cause yeah, whenever I hear people talk about their Saturn return, it seems like there's a lot of just sort of like these existential crises that come up and these questions of like exactly what you said, like, who am I? Or is this the career that I actually want to be in? Is this the person that I actually want to be in a relationship with? And sort of really like diving deep into these and making some pretty big life changes if you realize that you are not on the path that you want to be on. So I love that. Definitely a huge period. I'm sitting here. and I'm like, as you were talking, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, am I, am I on the path? And I'm like, I think I am. <laughs> I, think, I,
1: think I think you I, are too. Yeah. I'm Looking like, at I'm- your chart, <laughs> I think you're rocking it. I think. You're, and you know what? It'll probably be pretty subtle. It'll probably be subtle for you. There's other, you know, other. Friends, I had a, a really my astrologer friend, her husband, literally, like his Saturn was re- returned as he ended up in jail. Like, <gasps> he, like he, it was like he Not had jail. a moment. He was all right. Oh, it all no. worked out in the end. He, you know, he had an addiction problem and he made he made it out so much stronger on the other end. But he needed that sort of chaotic like boundary. He needed this course correction in order to get on the aligned path. For those of us that are already pursuing it, it's not gonna be
0: a big thing. It's gonna be okay. We're gonna make it. Yeah. I'm I literally do feel like that though. Like whenever I would think about my sirenter, I'm like. In the last few years, I've made a lot of really big leaps and huge decisions. And I'm like, to be honest with you, I'm like, I, it, even if it's jolting and chaotic, I'm like, it cannot jolt me up more than I already have been in the last couple of years. I'm like, whatever it is. I mean, it it can't be too crazy. So I'm here. I'm open. I'm here for it. I'm here for the lessons. <laughs>
1: You, there's so much good astrology happening right now too, Deandra, like this, this Mars and Aries energy is, is exciting. And for, for you, it's, you know, it's impacting your third house of communication. I just see like so much impacting or wait, yeah, it's in an area. Yep. It's your third house. So like impacting your, the growth of your show (gasps) and the message that you're sending out. I know totally. (laughs) So there's, there's just like, we can get fixated on certain things. We can get fixated on what people are telling us is going to be really rough. Mercury retro, it's going to be horrible. You know, your Saturn return is going to be awful. And ultimately, no, we get to choose how this, how, how this plays out, how we work with the
0: energies that are, impacting us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Okay. I'm so happy you said that. Cause you know, we got the new show starting soon. So <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, excited. I'm like, yes, yes. We we're here for the Mars and the Aries energy. Please continue to give me that motivation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it'll keep flowing. I'm, I'm
0: here. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. Oh my gosh. Ashley, this has been such a good conversation. Super, super, super enlightening. I feel like we're going to have to have you come back on the show and like, dive even more into like the chart and like what is going on with astrology but so far today has been absolutely amazing so thank you so much
1: oh my gosh my pleasure i love connecting and i'm so glad to have
0: have had your insight on our show as well so yeah let's keep up the collabs let's definitely do it i would love if you could just like give us like the spiel of where we can find you online maybe some of the things that you're currently working on of course all the links will be below in the show notes because i love a good visual so yeah But if you can give us a spiel. Oh yes.
1: <laughs> well, I first um, I have an offering for those that are sort of like interested, they want to dip their toe into cosmic self-care. It's called Discover Your Self-Care Style Mini Course, and it's totally free. You can just get a kind of get an understanding of like where your sun, your moon, your Mars are, what the energies are. Um, so we'll link that up to people that want to want to check it out. And then you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm at ashley.sondergaard. The show is at yoga magic podcast and you can check out the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Outside of that, I am booking out for September. If people want to do some cosmic self-care sessions, do birth chart reading, or even, um, just dive into again, like what, what kind of a plan, if, what, what should I do for my self-care? I write those ups as well. So we'll link all that up and
0: yeah, any uh, cosmic self-care let's, let's dive into those charts. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. Thank you so, so much. Everything again will be linked in the show notes and yeah, I, I can't wait for our next conversation. Me too. Hi, my love.